Hello and welcome to another wonderful show of Speaking for Him. I'm Dan Van Zalen, and here is your host, Andrew Gommerson. Yes, Dan, another great episode of Speaking for Him Unplugged. Dun, 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 dun. I am very grateful to be here with you today, and I I thought it would be good. We we had a feature for a while called Freeform Friday, which happened every fifth Friday. Every time there was a fifth Friday month, Adam and I would record a Freeform Friday. We pulled together a bunch of material that wouldn't normally make it on the show, and we usually tried to have some kind of a fun theme, and we may go back to that a little bit, but I thought that at least what we would do is we would um, talk a little bit about current events and also about some fun news, because we hear a lot about bad news, and I think it's good for us to have some fun news as well because there is good going on in the world. So, um, Dan, can you give us our quote of the day? Indeed. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28. All right. Well, first of all, off the top of the show, I just want to say, that my prayers and condolences are with the victims of Hurricane Dorian. I know it slammed into the Bahamas. Uh, it was one of the most devastating uh, hurricanes in history, recorded history as a matter of fact, um, as far as the damage that it waged. And so I'm definitely praying for them, and I definitely encourage you to seek ways that you can help. There's a lot of relief organizations starting to go over there. And uh, by the time you hear this, it may be a few weeks um, out, but I think it's still okay to post this because the reality is that a lot of these things, they stay in the news for a couple of weeks. Everybody is concerned. They think about them. They pray for them. They donate and things like that. But then after they fizzle from the news cycle, they kind of are an out of sight, out of mind thing. And so mm-hmm. I think it's good for us to be reminded, even if it's a few weeks down the road, that the people will be digging out in the Bahamas for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Rebuilding takes a long, long time. I, in I, fact, I, Hurricane Katrina, you remember, took place, what, a dozen years ago now or so? And there's still places in the Gulf of Mexico that are, are not fixed. Yeah, I'm sure there are. And I'm sure that there are places in New Orleans that aren't what they were before it went through. Of course. And uh, so there was just a whole lot of devastation whenever that happens. And the interesting thing that I did hear was that there is a school um, that Potter's House has loose affiliation with called the Island School, and they have a summer program where we usually have one or two students go to the Bahamas for like a six-week summer program. Mm -hmm. Um, And I heard from some people at the Potter's House that that school suffered little to no damage in the hurricane. So God was good on that score. And God is good even in times of devastation. I think that's important for us to know. We talked about that at a little more length when we did our Breakthrough uh, podcast for the movie Breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Um, That God's will is not our will, but it's always a perfect will. Um, and I wanted to take a little bit of time in this podcast to discuss something that's been rolling around in my head for a while. 
And hopefully it comes out in the right spirit and people receive it in the right spirit. But I hear a lot of people whenever there's a shooting and we had a lockdown drill at my high school where I work today. So I know it's a real concern for a lot of people, but I hear a lot of people saying that we need to control guns. We need, we need to ban guns to a certain level to get them off the street so that people will not get hurt, so that people will not commit these violent acts with guns. Because the case can be made, and I even agree to it somewhat, that if you're doing a violent act with a gun, you can hurt more people than if you're just doing a violent act with your fists. They're both violent, they're both wrong, but you can do more damage. However, I find it interesting, and I purposely held off for a few weeks after the latest shooting because I didn't want to do a knee-jerk reaction, but I find it interest, very interesting that the same people that seem to be saying, if you take guns away, the problem will disappear, are the same ones who say, you can't take abortion away. You can't make abortion illegal <laughs> because if you make abortion illegal, people will go to back alley abortions. As if somehow yeah. you can you can legalize or you can make illegal the use of guns and guns will stop being used. But if you do the same thing for abortion, abortion will continue. It will just be back alley style. I don't understand how these two arguments can coexist because they're basically saying the same thing about different topics to suit their ideology. And it really, really bugs me to a high level. Well, it's always annoyed me that people assume that you can somehow get every single gun off the streets and then it'll be a-okay. One, if someone's going to commit a violent criminal act, they're just as likely to break in with a knife and steal a gun if they want to use one as they are to find a gun some other quiet way. You know? Or even run somebody over with their car or, or whatever yeah, they have to be violent. You know, there's tons of ways to do violence without needing a gun. You know, but most of the other ways to do violence without needing a gun, either you use a very large object or need some skill. So I'm not saying <laughs> that we should totally ignore guns and we shouldn't have any safety measures in place. But no. I firmly believe that we would have a lot safer populace if we were teaching kids how to properly use guns instead of always acting like guns are the problem and you should avoid guns. So when a kid finds a gun, they don't even know how to properly respond to it. Yeah, they just pick it up and start playing shootings. with it. Instead of learning learning safety with um, firearms, learning to treat every gun as if it's loaded, whether it's a BB gun or or a high-powered rifle, you know, learning those things at a young age, I think, can actually help more people than simply discarding the guns. Yeah, well, in in any case, if you want to reduce the number of shootings, increase the amount of teaching about what morals and ethics are and which are correct and which are not. And, I, and on the issue of abortion and back-alley abortions... Illegal murder should not justify legal murder. No. And I, it's a very bottom line issue for me. I know we've talked about it before. I don't want to necessarily belabor the point with another 40 minute diatribe on the issue. However, <laughs> a person's personhood does not depend on their location, 
It doesn't depend on their size. No. God is the one that determines personhood. And now we have technology that does not allow us to deny the unborn person personhood. You basically have to say, in your most honest moment, I know that I'm killing babies and I'm okay with it. That's what you have to do to justify abortion because you can't hide behind, oh, I don't know if it's a baby. And even if you were going to say that, how can you, if you say something like that is beyond your pay grade, how can you take the risk that you might be killing the next great doctor or the next great um, inventor or the next great preacher? You can't. Well, you can, but I don't know how you can live with yourself. I mean, there's plenty of people who do well, awful well, things. There is and plenty lie of people who do who do it. But I'm saying, if you think, if you step back and think logically, I don't see how you can do it. I really don't. And I'll say one final thing on this issue of gun control, circling back to is I think gun-free zones are a mistake. And the reason that I think that is because I feel like when you're telling somebody that it's a gun-free zone, you're saying, come here, nobody will stop you from using a weapon because you're, they're not allowed to use guns here. I feel like it's, I feel like it's an open invitation. It can be because most people don't know how to disarm anybody. Um, I mean, I know that's one of the basic things self-defense and martial art schools teach you, but how many people have actually gone there? Let's be honest, not very many. So yeah, telling someone it's a gun-free zone is kind of asking for it in a way. I mean, not really, but at the same time, kind of is. All right, well, turning a corner to some positive news, we have a, couple, we have a couple news stories that we want to share with you. One is related to Hurricane Dorian. And uh, we're just going to play this video. It's about people on cruise ships volunteering to make meals for people that are struggling in Hurricane Dorian. And I just thought it was really neat that they did this. So I just want to play this video for you. And, of course, we will include um, this link on the blog post for this episode. All right, let's see if I got in the right place. By clicking on that button down here and click on any of the videos over here to watch the latest interviews, show highlights, and digital exclusives. Thanks uh, for watching. We, you may need to go back to the beginning of the video because that was the end. I don't know why most videos start over. Yeah, no, I think it was because the link you sent me sent it to like the last few seconds. No, I don't understand, but I don't understand that because... When I watched it, it did the same thing. It, for some reason, it, it every time it went to the last few seconds, and I've never had a, uh, a YouTube video do that. But anyway, a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff here on Speaking for Him Unplugged, but here should be the video. Okay, as long as they actually talk. We're going to make 10,000 to help the people in the Bahamas. We are all excited to, to help the Bahamas after the, the hurricane. We work an extra hour to, to feed all the people tomorrow. I think what we're doing is really good. I think everybody on this ship would say the same, actually. Initial reaction is good. 
we need to go and help them. So, you know, the trip is no, not a big deal. I think it's amazing that this cruise ship is going to go and do something like that for that community. I feel a majority of these people were going to be able to get off and, and find a beach anywhere, wherever we live or whatever, find a flight. To be able to go and provide for or find, provide relief for a community that has nothing, I think is incredible. So I almost wish that the cruise ship would offer, like anyone who wants to volunteer, I would love to sign up. And it's not just this cruise line, it's all the cruise lines. Yeah. yeah. They're all going. So if you're bringing 10,000 mils, like, I just wonder what everyone's going to bring. Right. Yeah. They're getting it from nowhere else. Okay, so there's not a lot of Hey NBC News um, viewers. Thanks. There's not a lot of audio on that video clip, but there was a was a little bit of audio and just you hear the how blessed these people feel to be able to help um the victims and to turn their vacation into to a humanitarian mission and I just thought that was worth sharing as we look for positive things out of our news day. And um and, and also showing them, I think, picking up some of the kids. And again, I will include the link so you can actually watch the video. A lot of the videos that we share on the podcast are mostly are very audio driven. And so you can get the flavor and the essence just by listening. This one you'll want to take a look at because you'll want to see it in its video form. All right, and now we end with a story about a subway patrolman and a boy with autism and how they changed each other's lives. So um, could you roll that video, Dan? How you doing, Andrew? Hey, buddy. It's a heartfelt reunion for five-year-old Andrew Pamela and Metro Transit officer Dominic Case. All righty, buddy. You want to go on the train? Weeks after this picture and their story went viral, the two met up again on the Washington, D.C. Metro, where they first became unlikely travel buddies. He, like, literally right here on the train, started freaking out. Okay, let's go home. He threw his shoes off. He was barefoot. I think he hit someone with a shoe. Okay, ready? Taylor Pamela knows that tantrums come with the territory, given Andrew's autism. But this particular outburst outlasted her patience, and she soon pulled him off the train. He continued just to, to freak out right on the edge, and we were, you know, right next to the tracks. And, of course, as a parent, I didn't want him to fall into the tracks. Officer Case happened to be right there on patrol and decided to step in. Would you say this was more instinct or training? I would say a little of both and just as a parent. I mean, I've seen Taylor and Andrew, you know, that's something that's happened to me plenty of times, you know, out in public. 
It was a seemingly simple gesture, but it lasted more than 30 minutes. Officer Case rode side by side with Taylor and Andrew for several stops until their final destination at their home station in Virginia. My presence being around Andrew just seemed to calm him, so it, it just seemed like this was the right thing to do at the time. Taylor's initial way of saying thanks was by posting this photo on Facebook. It got thousands of likes. What I loved though is that I was getting all these comments and all these people were loving how you know it made them feel like there was still good in the world and that you know they could relate if they had a child with autism. So the officer warmed your heart and then you warmed others' hearts yes, sharing I, this. Yeah, I didn't even, I mean, I could have asked for a better outcome though. But eventually she sought out Officer Case to officially say thanks. I tried in a million ways to say thank you for everything, but I, because I really, you know, it meant more than what I think you even thought at first. A special friendship formed on public transit that has warmed the hearts of parents of autistic children online. Jessica Schneider, CNN, Washington. All right. Well, Dan, do you have any thoughts on those two news stories that we just witnessed? Um, is it odd that I don't really think that it's odd for the cruise lines to help out? <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think um, sometimes we get a little bit too jaded in thinking that that is somehow miraculous. But it when seems in fact, kind of normal it, for them. I don't know how normal it is because I haven't studied that kind of thing. But if nothing else, it should be normal, right? Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, they've got... They have the resources. Yeah, they got um, tons of them. People have needs. And it sounded like a lot of cruise ships were getting involved, if you listen closely to that yeah, news they story. they mentioned that uh, so, two of the Royal Caribbean's cruise ships that are normally in the area went. And the one they were talk- the one they were interviewing on literally turned around to go back. Um, it reminds me, actually, my grandfather for a little while helped um, organize dentists for cruise ships. And he went on a few cruises, you know, that way. And he says, well, it's kind of boring to be a dentist on a cruise ship because all anybody ever really wants is a whitening and maybe needs a filling. But he also mentioned to us when we visited him one time, but um, and we got, when we got to eat on the cruise ship at the cooks loved having children aboard because they never get to serve kids. And so they've got tons and tons of food. I mean, literally tons of food. Mm-hmm. They got so much food. They got like, I don't know. I think they can carry like twice as much as what they think they'll need at least. So, I mean, they've got the food, so it's great to see them do this, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And then on the second story, um, one of the things I really like about, These stories, too, is the person that is kind of the hero in the story doesn't think they are. And that's that's really the best kind of hero, someone kind of just going about their day, seeing how they can make somebody else's life better. But just think about how much better your your life would be, how much better my life would be if that was our mindset. If we said, how can I make somebody's life better today, God? Yeah. And often it helps us feel better about our own circumstances. Well, I think, like, I think, as you say, the best heroes are the kind of heroes that don't really think they're heroes. But I think also the most lasting heroes, like actual people and not stories, the most lasting heroes are the guys who just do something because they think it needs to be done. And it happens to help a lot of people. You know, they don't think they're anything special. And you talk to any police officer or soldier who's somehow heroic and he doesn't think he's done anything special. 
Firefighters don't think they do anything special running into burning buildings. You know, <laughs> it's kind of, it's just their job. But people think they're heroes. Well, I hope that you enjoyed uh, this look at some current events and also some fun news. You'll hopefully develop this um, concept into a more regular uh, episode recurring, I hope. And, um, of course, I'll get Dan involved and see what kind of fun news stories he might be able to pull up. And uh, it, I'll be it sure be, to find the strangest ones. It should be fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I have to give a shout-out to the WCSG Backstage Podcast from WCSG um, here in, in the West Michigan area because they kind of inspired this podcast episode. So shout out to them, and I hope that you have a wonderful day, and keep serving the best of masters.